Welcome to Photo Taco, the only show with photography tips you can learn in the time it takes to eat a taco. Or perhaps a burrito. Photo Taco! Hey guys, this is Nick visiting from the Portrait Session Podcast, and uh, today I wanted to come on the show and talk a little bit about my favorite type of photography, astrophotography. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about the gear that you need in order to shoot it and some of the basic uh, settings and, and rules of thumb that there are when it comes to astrophotography. I love shooting the night sky. It's one of the most fun things you can possibly do with a camera, I think. And it's it's actually kind of a new type of photography because cameras just weren't good enough uh, until recently in order to do it. So uh, let's jump into the gear that you need in order to shoot astrophotography. So probably it is the very most important thing that you need. You can't do it without it. You need to shoot on a tripod. Um, the better the tripod, the more solid the tripod, uh, the better luck you're going to have and the less careful you're going to have to be. There's a lot of times where I take multiple frames of the exact same, uh, composition. And if my, if my tripod moves at all, uh, I'm going to have to start trying to align things and they may not line up right. So having a good tripod definitely helps. Secondly, you're also going to need a fast lens. And by fast, I mean a lens that opens up to a nice wide aperture. Um, really common lenses uh, used for astrophotography on the Nikon side, it's like the, the 14 to 24, 2.8, um, or on the Canon side, the 16 to 35, 2.8, the 14 millimeter, 2.8. Um, and the like a 24 millimeter, 1.4, that lets in a ton of light and those large apertures help soak in light, soak in more light because it, those stars are so dim that we ha we need all the help we can get to get as much light in as possible. And the more light we let in, the lower our ISO is going to be and the cleaner our image is going to be as a result. Secondly, uh, a camera that does well in low light. Crop sensors are getting good enough now to where you can do some decent astrophotography with cameras like the 7D Mark II, but they still don't hold a candle to the full frame sensors. And for night photography, anybody who does it very seriously, they're all shooting full frame cameras. This is one of those areas where full frame is just better. It's possible to do it with a crop sensor, but you're going to have better luck with full frame cameras. You're just going to get cleaner images. Now, the next one seems obvious, but, but it's probably as useful as anything else. You need a headlamp. You're out bumping around in the dark, and ideally you want a headlamp with uh, one of the red settings. That way you can use the red light and it preserves your night vision because you need to let your eyes adjust to the dark. And if you turn on a blinding white LED light, it's just going to ruin your night vision. So having that nice red helps dramatically. And this, this next one actually comes from my friend Zach. Uh, he recommends hand warmers and rubber bands. And the reason for that is sometimes when you're shooting stars when it's cold outside, condensation builds up on the outside of your lens. And if you actually put hand warmers uh, around your lens, it keeps your lens warm and the condensation doesn't build up. So I haven't actually tried this, um, but I'm going to take his word for it. Hand warmers... Uh, and rubber bands to put around your lens. And also, if it's cold, you just want hand warmers anyways because you'll freeze to death. Next is an intervalometer. I use an intervalometer anytime that I'm shooting either time-lapse for night sky time-lapse 
or for my star trails. Star trails, it's so easy to just set up your camera on a 30 second exposure and then just mash down your intervalometer, put it in the lock lock mode to where it's constantly firing your camera and it's just going to fire a picture as soon as your your uh, camera can. So that's going to, uh, it makes it perfect for star trails. And if you want to get fancy, you can go with a cam ranger. The cam ranger will allow you to operate your camera from your, your smartphone and you can do things like intervalometer, you can do bulb mode, you can set it up to do star trails, you can do all that stuff from the comfort of your tent or your car that's nice and warm. So I really love the cam ranger for that. Now, one of the most common questions I get are what settings do I use when I'm shooting night sky? And my answer is always, well, it kind of depends because it depends on um, how bright the sky is. It depends on what lens you're shooting with, what camera you're shooting with. So the, the first rule of thumb when it comes to settings, there's something called the 500 rule. It allows you to figure out how long your shutter speed can be before you start blurring out your stars and getting to star trails that are noticeable. It actually used to be called the 600 rule, but because our cameras are higher megapixel, it's now the 500 rule. And it won't be long that like if you're shooting with something that is 36 megapixels or more, it should probably be the 400 rule because by the time you zoom in, your those star trails get more and more noticeable. So we'll call it the 500 rule for now. It'll it, soon it'll be the 400 rule. But what the rule is is you take 500 and you divide it by your focal length of the lens. So for example, if you take 500 and you divide it by 16 for a 16 to 35 millimeter lens, uh, you get right around 30 seconds. I believe it's 31 seconds. So according to the 500 rule, I can have my shutter speed 30 seconds before I start getting really blurred out stars. By that same formula, if you take 500 and divide it by 24, it comes back with uh, 20 seconds or something like that. You'll have to check me on this. I don't have a calculator in front of me. And that just helps you know how long your shutter speed can be before those stars will start to really have noticeable trails. Now, when it comes to ISO, that also depends because, for example, if you're shooting with an F4 lens, your ISO is going to have to be much higher because you're not letting in as much light, so you're gonna to have to compensate with your ISO. My starting settings when I'm going out to shoot stars, with my 16 to 35, generally I start at 30 seconds or 25 seconds. I, I prefer 25 seconds, actually. 25 seconds at f2.8, wide open, as wide as I can go, and then right around 4,000 ISO or 5,000 ISO. It is a little bit grainy, but you're letting in a lot of light and you can always decrease your exposure and bring down the dark part of the images and that'll dramatically help um, get rid of some of that noise there. But if you don't get that light in, you're never going to be able to compensate for it. So it's better to let it all in and then deal with the consequences later from having those high ISOs. Now, if you're shooting with a 24 millimeter lens that has a maximum aperture of f1.4, you're actually going to be able to let in a lot more light than a 16 millimeter 2.8. And because of that, you get to use lower ISOs. So those ISOs can start anywhere around 2000 or 3200 on the high end, and you're still letting in more light than you would have at those higher ISOs with only a 2.8. So it really helps to have a nice fast lens. Okay, so now a few tips as to when you're shooting astrophotography. 
uh, the first is the most obvious and the most important, and that is to have something interesting in the foreground. It could be mountains, it could be rocks or or trees, or it could be something like interesting rock structures. Uh, uh, this November, I'm going to be te- teaching a workshop in uh, arches. Perfect example there. Um, you put in those arches in the foreground, and then you have the stars back behind. It really makes for an interesting image. If you just point your camera up and shoot the sky, it's not going to be super interesting. So it's important, just like any landscape photo, to have something interesting in the foreground. Now, when you're shooting star trails, it helps uh, dramatically if you know where north is. If you're going for the look that has the kind of the spiral in the sky, you're going to need to know which direction to point your camera. And just knowing where north is can dramatically help uh, compose your shots if you're shooting, setting up for star trails. Also, light painting your foregrounds. That's something I'm really into. Um, I love to, to lower my ISO. That way I can paint light onto the foreground. You end up with a much more noise-free image if you're actually painting light on you, onto the rocks or whatever you have in the foreground rather than have them all either be silhouetted, which is okay sometimes, but if, but if you want detail in there, it's going to be super noisy if you use the, the original image. So you're better off to just light paint the foreground and then composite that in, in Photoshop later on. And you end up with a much more noise-free uh, image. Well, I hope this has been useful for you. If you want to learn more about astrophotography, make sure you go over to YouTube. Jim and I both have uh, tutorials on on there about astrophotography. Go over to improvephotography.com and you can learn more there. And I hope that you've enjoyed this photo taco. We'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. views expressed on this program by independent host guests and callers do not necessarily reflect their views of Improved Photography LLC or its advertisers. Some links mentioned on this program are affiliate links where a permission is earned. Olay!